Hey there, friends. It's Renee here at the Rose Hour Podcast. And this week, we have two dope guests. Pew, pew, pew. First up, Orion Brown with the Black Travel Box. And second, we have the amazing Jerome Jerry of Foggcrest Vineyard. Pew, 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 pew. Everybody drink rose. Rose. So we sip rose. We gonna sip rose. Rose. Sipping rose. Baby girl, she don't play. Don't play. So we sipping rose. We're gonna sip rose. That rose hour, baby. Sipping rose. Hey there, friends. It's Renee and. Hey, it's Bartender Ben. And it's our favorite day. Well, this is my favorite day. My favorite national holiday. God. Cinco de Mayo. I feel like on Cinco de Mayo, right, you have to eat more tacos than you normally do. Yes. And I know people are like, oh, Cinco de Mayo is super racist and all these things. I don't celebrate it for the racist. I celebrate it because I know the history of it. And it is an American holiday, right? So I celebrate it for... The, the, the American side of what occurred, right? Like, we, we, we know it was a battle that happened in Mexico. It is not Mexican Independence Day. It's not a day to be someone dressing like a Mexican or doing disrespectful things, but to celebrate Mexican culture and a battle that we Right. So what, what makes it racist? Well, people will dress like Mexicans, wearing like sombreros. Oh, okay, I got you. I yeah, got you. and then like trying to speak Spanish in like terrible Spanglish at bars and like wanting to immerse in Mexican culture that is just like disrespectful. I dig it. I dig it. Yeah. yeah, and you know me, I love a taco any Tuesday, yes. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Friday. <laughs> Days ain't even on the calendar. I mean, tacos are the best thing ever. Yes. Like I, some people are are pizza people. I'm a taco person. Yeah. And I like crunchy tacos. Hard shell tacos. I so like I I do like those, but you know I'm more of a soft shell taco person. Yeah, no, to, tomato, tomato. Yeah, yeah. As long as it's a ta- as long as it's a taco, you got right. my you uh, you had me at taco. Right. So I mean, and also too, you have to drink a lot of tequila, and um. Margaritas are great yeah. for, for the occasion and celebration. Definitely. But yes, no, we're not here to disrespect or to be, uh, you know, rude to anyone. Uh, we are just here because we do know the history. We want to make sure we are celebrating it appropriately and we will be doing so. So I I think this is a great segue because we can talk about what we sip it on as we are preparing our hearts and our minds for Cinco de Mayo. So today we are drinking Fall Crest Vineyard Wines. Mmm. Yeah. So Fog Crest, right? At Fog Crest Vineyard, uh, they are very aware of a unique terrier. Um, it's a vineyard that's situated on the Wilson Grove uh, formation in a natural amphitheater of the Russian River Valley. Um, their soil has become recognized as some of the world's best cultivating ultra-premium Chardonnay and Pinot Noir grapes. Um, they marry many locations with meticulous 
viticultural practices and the best modern technology and classic old world winemaking. So they got like an old winemaking spirit, but they have like a state of the art winery um, where they have the ability to create more stunning like Chardonnays and Pinot Noir wines. So it's pretty cool. And one thing that they do is like the grapes are then like pressed as whole clusters and fermented like in 55 to like 60% uh, Bulgarian oak barrels. Um, And that's part of their winemaking process. It's super cool. Yeah. And their their winemaker who we interviewed is Jerome Shaheed. Uh, he's he is so amazing, so cool. Shout out to Jerome. Pew 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 pew. He he really is like that guy. Um, and I mean his name is Jerome. You can't go wrong with somebody that name is Jerome because like they're cool. Like they're the coolest people ever. So he actually created their their rose, and it's a the one we're we're drinking right now. I know you want to know alcohol content. I think we've had a 15%. Yeah, I think so. I mean, she gets, she gets there. She gets there. Yes. And, and more specifically, um, what we're drinking and, you know, Jerome goes further into details, but just to give you guys like a little, 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 you know, a little something, something, the wine specs, it's a 2019 vintage. The varietal is a Pinot Noir. It's again from the Russian river Valley. Uh, they aged for about seven months. They bottled it in August of 2018. And like, it's just so, 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 so amazing. The vineyard uh, soils, again, are dominated by the Wilson Grove formation. So that means like, it's got this like kind of gritty, but smooth taste to it. I kind of, I kind of really love it. Yeah, it's got like that, like, yeah, it's like Genesee Quoi. Yeah, go for a thousand. And that's Fog Crust, C-R-E-S and Vineyard. And again, they're located in the Russian River Valley, which is super cool. And then also like, you know, we, we talked to Jerome, but before we talked to Jerome, we talked to Orion uh, with Black Travel Box. And I'm so excited for her because she's in Macy's. Yes, like she is officially in Macy's. So you can go get black travel boxes there, which are basically products for black people when we travel. But it's like lotions, um, body wash, lips, like chapsticks, stuff like that, that we need that's catered to the melanin in our skin. Because, you know, when you go to the hotel, when you first arrive and you got all this juicy melanin and then you use the lotion at the hotel. Like, I just washed my hands and I have no moisture. Yeah, so the Black Travel Box provides products that you use when you travel, right? So that you pop it out, boom, you get to the hotel, you have it right there with you. And it's moisturizing and it's, you know, for people with a little more melanin, you know. And if you don't have melanin, use it too, because then you're going to be secured with your moisture as well. I mean, get you, get you too, because if you're on the road, you gonna you gotta stop more. When you're flying, you there, you know. But when you're driving, you gotta go to rest stops and all that. You definitely need it. Yeah, it's really good. It's really cool. And she talks more about it and like how she created it and like you know her 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 wonderless life of, of a traveler. Like, I hope I said that like wonderless, right? Those are the travelers, right? 
Yeah. So she loves to travel. And like this was like something that she noticed that was like a need. And like that's the thing about becoming a small business owner. Like fill the need. Well, without further ado, let's get into this first interview so you guys can learn more about the Black Travel Box with Orion. Pew, 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 pew. Hey there, friends. It's Renee here at the Rose Hour Podcast. And today, y'all, I have met my soulmate best friend for life. This woman is a creator, innovator. She is magical. She is giving you everything you need for your travel needs. I fangirl stalked her on Instagram because her invention, her creation is so amazing. Like, you have to have it when you do your travel needs. She is from originally my home city of Chicago, Illinois. The amazing Orion Brown of Black Travel Box. Yay! Hey! What up, what up, what up? <laughs> oh my gosh. I, it took all of my strength and all of me to not start cheering and going, hoo hoo self sorry on the back. Um, thank you so much for having me. I really, that was such a fun intro. I feel, I'm blushing now. Oh, well, you know what? Because like, not only are you hometown, but you are also so amazing. Like, so intelligent. Like, forth thinking, like, forward thinking. I'm just like, speechless. As you hear, I'm like, bumbling words. Because I'm like, you have something that you created that no one has thought of. That's not something that has been replicated. And I mean, like, when you think about it, it's everything you need when you travel. So, like, how did you come up with this? Like, what is the story? Give us the tea on how you made the Black Travel Box. Yes, yes. So, Black Travel Box is, first and foremost, uh, a personal care products and lifestyle brand for travelers of color. So, it's all about our experience and how we travel and our needs, which are the things that just have not been looked at. Um, and haven't really been addressed. We already know that we're not really reflected in the travel industry. There's some great things that are happening there. Um, but, you know, we're we're still not reflected, even though we spend like $109 billion every year oh. on travel. That was our 2019 number. That was just like people, just leisure travel, $109 billion. Wow. Um, and so there's obviously, you know, an opportunity there, as well as we we already know in beauty and personal care, we're still pushing forward sort of, I hate to say the struggle, but it kind of is. The struggle is real mm-hmm. of trying to get, I mean, we still have segregated aisles, but that's a whole other conversation. Um, and so I came up with this, this idea just because I was complaining about something. So I was in Japan and I, you know, we, my partner at the time, we go to Japan, we go to Tokyo. Tokyo is like DC in the springtime, right? Cherry blossoms. It's Ugh. pretty. It's nice out. Just like the perfect weather. You're like, I'm done with that snow mess. Yes, let's do this. Mm -hmm. And then we decided to hop over to Okinawa for a minute. And I had, you know, I had my my whole, I think it was like a 10, 12 day trip. So I had my wash day routine like solid. I was like, okay, so I'm going to wash my hair the night before we go. I'm going to have the curls popping. I'm going to wrap them up on the flight. Then when I get off, I can loosen it all up and then I can wear it over the week and it's eventually going to turn into a pineapple. Then it's going to be a dirty bun. Then I'm going to wash it (laughs) and then I can start over again. And that's the end of the trip. Right. Mm-hmm. Girl, we got to Okinawa and it was like the tail end. I'm trying not to cuss. The tail end you of August. This is, this is a cussing approved podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it was the booty hole oh. of August in like 
uh, New Orleans. Like it was so hot and humid. Mm. Like the second I got off the plane, you ever feel like you've taken a shower while you're standing outside? Yes. Oh, <laughs> it's so steamy and muggy. Oh, so steamy. So my my skin was sticky. My scalp was wet. My hair was moist. I was just like, oh, this is messed up because all I got is this little tiny bottle of conditioner. That seems like it was a superpower, like just 10 minutes ago till I got off this flight. Oh. And I was just really feeling like I'm gonna look crazy for the rest of this trip. I remember taking one picture and I, ha- I still have that photo. My hair is like all over my head and you can kind of see the look in my eye, like just some, like so the light was dim just oh. a little bit because I was like, I look crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and so it was really that it was really that moment. And I remember like sitting, complaining over sake, like three times over this trip being like, this is so messed up and I look crazy. I got to have this bun the whole time. And my partner was like, well, this is, isn't this what you used to do? Like, cause you know, I spent a good deal of my career in brand management and, and building brands uh, for the masses. And, and I hadn't even gotten a chance to work on something for my community. So that was the impetus. And I, I sat on it for like six months because we do, right? I had this great idea. No, no, y'all should listen to this. I had this great idea, you know? And, mm-hmm. and people were like, you should hurry up and do it before it ends up on QVC or whatever. And I was like, no, 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 I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. And I finally just decided one day with my country self, pissed to get off the pot, as, as the grannies say. And so I went and registered my business. I just sat down one day. I thought of a name. I registered the business. And I was like, the government knows my name now. So yes. I got to do it. <laughs> <laughs> the government knows me. Oh my gosh. So like what's in the black travel box? Ooh, so so we're not um a subscription brand. I I was still thinking about that as I kind of like built out the whole the whole business. But black travel box really it think of it as the little black dress. Think of it as the little black book. Think of it as it's basically going to be your Swiss army knife for your personal care needs while you travel and beyond. We're going to do a lot of stuff beyond. But right now, we have our basic um, starter kit. We have, a, we have a carry-on starter box, and we also have a deluxe kit that if this is airing in May, we are on Macy's.com. Y'all are the first to know it. Um, And uh, within it, though, you're going to get things like our shampoo, our co-wash and conditioner bars. That's in the deluxe kit. And these bars are like they're tiny, but they are the equivalent of like four ounces of shampoo, conditioner, co-wash. So instead of getting into fights with TSA, instead of trying to lug around and pay for water, like why are we paying for water? Like you pay for the bottle full of water. Then you, you pay for the luggage to carry the bottle in, right? And then, you know, they take the bottle and then you got to buy, an, buy another one. You have it all in a concentrated bar right there, which is really super easy to use. We have a hair balm. So like, you know, just a basic scalp, um, you know, preparation. A lot of us still do uh, protective styling when we travel um, just because it's like, oh, it's too much of a hassle and people don't have products for me and things like that. So I really wanted to cater to the community of folks who are wearing their hair natural, are are wearing their hair out and doing, um, you know, wash and goes, but also folks who are doing protective styling. So the hair balm is perfect. And by the way, PSA ladies, like, please do not put like locks and braids and all these other things in and not wash them over the course of two weeks while you're traveling. Like, please wash your scalp. You have to. I know it's hard. I know they don't have stuff for us. This is why we have this. Um, You can use our bars and get between those braids and just give your scalp a nice refresh because there is nothing worse than having curry, sea air, funk mm. <laughs> on your scalp and then trying mm. to take all that down two weeks later. 
Um, we also have a body balm, y'all. My favorite, and wait, well, my favorite thing is the body balm, but I love it because there's nothing worse than getting to a hotel, washing your hands, and then putting the lotion on, and it adds ash. Like, I'm yes. pretty light skin. I'm pretty fair skin. Yes. <laughs> so it's like, it's impressive when you get me, like, truly ashy, and I don't know how, but it's like, it's like ash in a bottle, and I'm like, that's the opposite of what it's supposed to be. And so we have this luxe, creamy, dreamy, shea butter-based, um, whipped body balm that will just have you smelling good, looking good, feeling good and not greasy because we can't have you do an electric slide or have the, the fragrance trailing behind you like the lady at church. You know, you should, she go, oh, Miss Gwen, she, she go back. Yeah, she, but she, she has the, the uh, what are the little brown butter ones instead of, <laughs> instead of the peppermint. Yes, the candy lady. <laughs> You'd be like, yes. is this a toffee? Like, yeah, she got the butterscotch. She, yes. got, she got the butterscotch. She's like, nobody likes butterscotch but you. Um, oh, you got to be 65 so yeah, plus to products. like that candy. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. Yes. You do. You do, you know you got to be 65 plus to like that candy. And oh, my gosh. you are right. But like, no, Um, the, the body butter, I love what you're talking about because you are so right. I, as a um, darker melanin lady, you know, I love my chocolate skin. However, yes. grandma... Whenever I go to hotels and I've, I'm not unpacked yet because, you know, you got to do that one, two step because you're hurrying from the airport <laughs> to the hotel and you got to, you know, go to the ladies room real quick. And then you wash your hands and then you pop open that lotion. I look like a chalkboard and I'd be like, <laughs> well, why did I do that? Like there was no. Why though? <laughs> I feel like I just drained every piece of hydration in my skin out with your lotion. So like to hear that this moisturizes, oh my God, is so like, yes, queen, thank you. Because <laughs> I, 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 you do not know. And how many brands of lotion do not cater to those of us who have like a lot of melanin in our skin? Because it just dries us out so quickly. And oh, I'm here for that. Here well, for it's it. The fillers. It's the fillers and all the things that give it um, texture or even though I feel, I still find them very watery, but it's the stuff that gives them texture and makes them stable and all of this. And that works on fair skin because I mean, they're just trying to get the cheapest product possible. And I, and ultimately what this comes down to is we have a beauty and personal care industry with this very white centered um, target. And it's like, but that's not even the majority of the globe. And so we really have to recognize that that melanin exists Mm-hmm. And that I want, I want the equal opportunity to be um, t- taken on a product, right? Like I want the equal opportunity for somebody to be like, well, they'll pay for it. Let me make something that they, that makes them happy, and they'll pay for it. Like, yes. we, why is this such a hard concept? Um, you know, for capitalism to shift its gaze past me and past my community, unless it's like I hate to go for the old school malt liquor kind of you know thing but but like really it's like we've got we've got trillions trillions in spending power um and i'm just talking about u.s centric um you know black people that's not even all people of color and people who identify a bunch of different ways and so with that you know the simple things like you should be able to go to a hotel and the cheap ass lotion should work basically for everybody just yes. the basic. I know it's not going to smell great. It's not going to last more than 15 minutes. It's just like when you get that little teeny chiclet gum and you chew on it. It's like, this is so good. And then you don't taste it anymore. That's fine. We know what we're paying for. Right. But I should be able to at least chew it. That's that's really the thing for me. Yes. No. And like, 
I also know that you guys have candles too, right? Yes. So, uh, y'all, the, the Rona tried to get us. The Rona legit tried to get us. Mm, um, that damn you, Rona. That Rona out here, y'all. Um, <laughs> so last year, you know, I was actually... So technically, I hadn't really done a full launch of the brand yet. Um, obviously, we're out here. We have, you know, like a thousand customers at this point. There's, there's, you know, tons going on, which I'm very grateful for. But I was going to do an official launch of the brand in 2020. And then Nerona was like, no, no, no. It just, the campaign tumbled me oh. right on out. Ah. And so I had to figure out a way to maintain the brand ethos and the idea of it, which is, you know, we are for out of home. We're all about travel. We're all about the places and spaces that you go to, not the billion and one products you already have at home. Um, and so really trying to think about how I could pivot the business to make it relevant for a time that people are stuck at home. I was like, you know what, we have, we need to do some things that are related, but really get back to that travel experience. And so I created a collection called the Staycation Collection. It's a collection of candles that um, to me are reminiscent of some of my favorite places. So we have like a Harlem speakeasy candle, which smells like I have, this is a legit bar in Harlem in mind when I, when I developed the fragrance out of this. And it has Ooh. those whiskey notes and those citrus notes. And if I could have put a bartender with a beard in it, I would have done it. But Ooh, we yes. didn't have that sense. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I know which bar you're talking about. <laughs> okay. Um, and so, yeah, that was, and it was really made to, you know, uh, you're going to be at home. You might as well be dreaming about the next time you get to, to go to Harlem mm-hmm. and, and, and chat with the bartender and, and, you know, see the velvet curtains and, and the, the faint smell of smoke. And it just, you know, there's just something really experiential about it that I love because Black Travel Box is all about experience. I want you to enjoy the experience that you're in, not run around town looking for products. And mm-hmm. so, um, so I feel like it really aligns and I'm, I'm really excited. They, they've sold very well and, you know, it's allowed people to understand who we are and what we're all about, but in a way that's relevant to the times that, you know, we've been in over the last year. Wow. I mean, this is all full circle. And like, I know you're at Macy's, so people can go on Macy's.com um, and, and actually purchase products from them. Yes, um, we're a part of Macy's Workshop Accelerator. And for the month of May, we will be on Macy's.com, hopefully beyond then. So certainly um, check us out at Macy's.com. And if you don't find us, go hit the chat and be like, where did Black Travel Box go? Because I really wanted to buy it. Be like, what? <laughs> who are you with? Do all of those things and let them know. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. If you need to ask for the manager, then you do that. I fully support that. You Karen them, okay? You'd be like, I need to talk I to them. I wasn't going to say it, but yeah. <laughs> and say it like a Karen, please. I need to speak with the manager. Yes. Say it with your chest. Yes. Say it with your chest. Puff it out like a good old pigeon. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, I I'm I'm just so excited because like not only can people go to Macy's, where else can people purchase uh black travel boxes? And then also how can people connect and also follow you on social media? Yes, yes, yes. So you can find all of our products and we have various sizes and all kinds of new things coming. I'm super excited about. You can find that at www.blacktravelbox.com. I don't even know if people say the WWs anymore, but I like yeah. to do it. W, just w, in case. W. W. 
W, Wubba Ya, Um, So you can find us at blacktravelbox.com. You can also find us on pretty much all social platforms at Black Travel Box, all one word. But our bread and butter is Instagram. And there's going to be a lot of neat new content and beautiful things happening. So definitely check us out. And if you would like to stalk me, um, my Instagram is a little bit harder. It's Orion, O-R-I-O-N underscore Helana, H-E-L-A-N-A. Nice. And are there, is there anything upcoming that we should be looking out for or anything that you got going on that you want to give people a preview? So, you know, just so people know, it's Cinco de Mayo. So, you know, big ups to Cinco de Mayo, although it is Americanized and it's not really about Mexico anymore. And we are really, you know, disrespecting Mexico. But I'm here for the tequila and the margarita shots and the chips and salsa. However, comma, uh, just letting everybody know what today is. So it is May and that it you can go to Macy's and make a purchase. Uh, because it is the incubator uh, that you are a part of at Macy's. But anything else out there that you want to put? I just I just want to acknowledge that A, Cinco de Mayo is on some mess. But I do have a t-shirt that says Drinko Por Cinco. And I got one that says Fiesta well, Fiesta's well with others. But I mean, I do party well <laughs> with others. And I can huh? wear it any day because I like a good party. So I'm yes, not and trying we're to be... ethnic. We, yeah. We're celebrating culture. We're yeah. celebrating culture. We're not appropriating. We're celebrating. I'm not um, wearing any like sombreros or nothing about that. I'm just like letting people know I'm here for the party. If there's a party happening, whether it's someone's birthday, uh, quinceanera, or some sort of anniversary, I'm here today to celebrate all of it. Look, I will come to your quinceanera. I will come to your bar mitzvah. I will come to all of it. I yes. have no problems. I love food and people. So it's all good. Um, and I have to always say, because the first week of May is the best one. It's going to be May. Yes! It's so much fun. May the and fourth two, be with you. May the fourth be with you. Exactly. <laughs> all of my Star Wars gear comes out. I am such a nerd. Um, so <laughs> we've got some awesome things coming. Like May is a, a, a dope, exciting month, May and June for Black Travel Box. Um, like I mentioned, we're we're doing we're being featured on on Macy's.com for this month. We've also got a uh, amazing giveaway going. So you guys will see that. You'll see the link in the show notes. But basically we are giving away two seats on our very first ever Black Girl Magic um, weekend getaway. And we're hosting it in California's wine country. So we'll be up in Sonoma and Napa County. And it's going to be so dope, you guys, because I'm all about the luxe. I'm all about the the private black chef. I'm all about the sommelier life. And so there's so many things that we're going to be putting into that. So you will see details on that. Definitely sign up for that sweepstakes. If you don't win, you have another chance to get on the trip because we are actually doing an Women campaign launching June 1st. And I'm super, super excited about that. It's going to be funding a lot of the dope things that we have coming on the back end of the year. And one of the perks will be an opportunity to purchase, you know, with donation, with campaign donation to get a seat on that trip. And there's just so many cool things that are going to be happening. So I'm really, really excited about that. And I'm glad I get to share it with you. So y'all get your your donations, your festivities as we're talking about Fiesta as well as with others. Get it ready because Napa, here we go. I'm so excited because I'm going. I'm I'm, I'm going, y'all. So 
Y'all want to come because we may be doing some interviews or something. I don't know. We may do some lives. I don't know. We're going to have oh, fun because yes. I'm going. Oh, yeah. I put myself on this trip, by the way. <laughs> I love it. I, I've already, I'm like, okay, so there's one seat done. Yes. <laughs> I'm there. <laughs> I've I'm, got a couple of people who are like, I've got dibs. I've got dibs. And I was like, oh my God, I may have to do a second trip in spring just so I can like cover yeah. everybody. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, but this is the first and at right now only trip. and. The seats are limited. And I don't mean that in the stupid Ticketmaster way. I mean it as in, I can only get so many people in one space uh, with the Rona out here running around. So, That's right. Uh, <laughs> Rona is still here, y'all. Rona is yes. still. And her cousin, uh, Flu, is is also trying Ooh. to, you know, be here too. So we Ooh. have to do, those, you know, our, our mm-hmm. thing and be, be safe and health conscious. Exactly, exactly. And the trip will be just that as well. So we're... We're still a little bit TBD on the exact date, but that's because we're actually being very, very conscious around that whole situation, making sure that people are vaccinated, making sure that the spaces are cleaned properly and all of that. Um, And so we're really excited. We're really excited. So y'all better come. Y'all better come and hit us up. Yes, get vaxxed and waxed, y'all. Get vaxxed and waxed because, you know, Nampa also has some good uh, pools. So (laughs) get vaxxed and waxed. Well, Orion, this has been so much fun, and and we are gonna have to have you back on, especially before we we head out to Napa. But before we do, uh, we gotta know because you are the queen bee of all things, knowing that are things that are amazing. What is your favorite rose? Ooh, so my absolute fave, and it's kind of hard to get to, but it's totally worth it. Um, three sticks. Um, is a winery out of Sonoma and they have a beautiful Castaneda Rosé. Um, and it is, you can only get it at their adobe. Um, it's literally an adobe building like in downtown Sonoma that you go to. The tasting room is amazing. It's gorgeous. It's historical. Um, the bottles are gorgeous. And it's just, uh, it's got the right kind of, fruitiness but not too much it's a teensy bit dry i don't love super dry roses uh it's so drinkable and it's just such a pretty bottle and i love it to pieces yes i'm here for it and i can't wait to go to sonoma so i can have some because it is on the list of places to go this summer so we are excited and cannot wait to try it so thank you for that tip <laughs> you are welcome anytime i should have had some for this for this chat, um, but that's okay. It's still early. Yeah, it's I can, still early. I, I can maybe find, pull one out. Yeah, no worries, <laughs> no worries. There, there, there's still daylight to go. <laughs> and yes. nightfall even, you can drink then too. <laughs> I mean, day or night, night or day. I mean, it really is an all-day beverage. It's, I mean, it's, you know. <laughs> it's, it's, it is what it is, right? It is the season to drink. <laughs> The whole season and nothing but the season. I love it. It is. It is. I feel like melodies from heaven rain down on me right now. (laughs) (laughs) With your glass of rosé, it's like, okay, Jesus, I only have one glass. It's cool. It's cool. Melodies. Yes. Yes, Lord. (laughs) (laughs) Won't he do it? Won't Won't he he do it? He did, didn't he? (laughs) He did. He did. He did. He said, go ahead, keep that party going. Here's some wine. Yeah. Hence my shirt, Fiesta Well with others. I love it. I love it. Well, all right. This has been so much fun. We, we of course, have to have you again. And, and you guys, check out the Black Travel Box. Go to Macy's. Karen, everybody who is there, that if they cannot find it, make sure that they get it. Go to the blacktravelbox.com. 
follow, subscribe, get your get your uh, sponsorship dollars ready for for what they're going to launch in June uh, and be prepared for the trip to Napa because so many amazing things are happening with the Black Travel Box. All right. And again, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. This is so much fun. We got to do it again. Yes. Can't wait. Cheers. Love it. Wow, great interview, Orion. And shout out to you for doing all the amazing things and moving this business, Queen, because we definitely love the Black Travel Box. And it is in our suitcases. And y'all better get y'all own because, listen, it is good for your skin. It is flavorful for your skin. We're going to take a quick commercial break. But when we come back, we are talking to Jerome Chari of Fallcrest Vineyards. Hey there, friends. It's me, Renee Johnson, here at the Rosie Hour Podcast. And today, I'm so excited because I'm with one of the most amazing winemakers in the world. He is so spectacular. He's out in California making some great things out of great grapes. He also has one of the best last names I've ever heard because, I mean, you think of him, you think of Stevie Wonder. Marsharia Moore, I give you the amazing Jerome Shari. Yay! Yes, very good. That's, an, that's quite an introduction. Thank you so much. Well, you deserve it. That's I mean... Jesus. Yeah, thank you so much. That's a great introduction. <laughs> very course. good. Very good. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> You're so, welcome. So, Jerome, how how did you even get into the winemaking industry? Uh, well, as you can hear by my accent, I was uh, born and raised in France. And uh, the, the the house where I grew in, um, we there was always wine on the table, much like you know, you know bread and wine and food. So that's something that was part of my uh, that was part of the uh, lunch and dinner or well, dinner mostly. Uh, so there was always wine uh, at the table. You know, it's it's part of the French culture. So that that was always something part of the part of the environment in a in a in a household. And then um, as I was getting older, I went to college, and in college I. Um, I went to I started to study uh, agronomy, agriculture, agri, uh, agrobusiness uh, in uh, in Angers in Wild Valley, another beautiful place with the uh, vineyards around. And uh, during those two years, there was a unit about viticulture and uh, winemaking. And among all of the things I was studying, such as cattle science, dieting cows, dieting pigs. This was really the most interesting, the most uh, fascinating, the most complex, uh, starting from the vineyard to getting the, picking the fruit and making it into wine. And I said, you know, that's of all the fields you're studying in agriculture, that's really the one that seems the most uh, exciting for many reasons. So I decided to continue in that direction. And, um, I was, I went to, I, um, I finished my study in college at, uh, the University of Burgundy, where I uh, studied mostly enology, but um, also viticulture. Um, uh, so that was uh, was uh, the interest in uh, you know the farming of the vineyards, and then also the the many many layers of uh, winemaking from grapes to wine. So that to me was really fascinating, and it still is. So there you go. <laughs> wow, and I mean, like that's kind of like crazy how you got there because, like, in the agricultural studies, you were saying like 
pig and and cow yeah, uh, studies. That was, <laughs> that was I I eat I eat meat, but <clears throat> dating those animals and creating diets that was not something I would see myself for the, you know doing for the rest of my uh, of my career. I just you know, that was not it was not very interesting. And on the other hand, uh, you know there was there's there's something very fascinating and amazing about um. Um, vineyard, the farming of a vineyard, which is tricky. Uh, tricky. It's a pretty demanding crop, and then <clears throat> turning that uh, crop into a, what I think the most noble agricultural product, which is wine. So there was all those things, and it, you know, being in Burgundy as well, uh, uh, learning in school, but going to see all those producers uh, when, whenever we we could was uh, com- incredibly eye-opening, and that. That really made me uh, um, falling in love with Chardonnay and Pinot Noir. There couldn't have been any better place for that, which is, you know, being there in Burgundy. And then um, following that, uh, I did uh, some harvest, uh, graduated, did some harvest in France, in Provence, mm-hmm. uh, went to Australia, came back. And then I um, I moved uh, I moved to Napa Valley, to California in 97. So that was... Uh, 20, 24 years ago, I guess. Oh, I will go. And then, uh, so yeah, that's that's when uh, everything started for me here uh, in, in California. Wow! And like California, you know, here in the states, we just love it because one, it's a beautiful place to be. Um, both yeah. environment and you know, just the people in California are so just chill and awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. How was that transition sort of like being in France and, you know, everyone is so like, oh, fashionable and just, I don't know, just a different yeah, caliber of people, you know, in France. <laughs> and then you move to California and you see people in, you know, swim trunks all day. Yeah. <laughs> Not all of them, but well, uh, yes, you're right. Uh, I mean, I, when I think of my... Uh, my mom and my late grandmother, they were always, my mom is always camera ready. My grandmother was always uh, camera ready just because that's the way people are. You can say the same about Italy uh, as well. So uh, for me, I was just, I really wanted to come, uh, you know, to California. Um, it's pretty European, at least where I am. Um, you know, that's, um, I found, I found other, I could, uh, I could find everything I wanted to buy at the supermarket. Uh the weather was uh, very nice, perhaps nicer than where I grew up, which is in the center, in Central Wild Valley. Um, so yeah, there was an adjustment. Of course, there was uh, different, different relationship, different uh, connection with people. But um, I found, I found uh, very quickly. I, I made some friends pretty, pretty quickly. And uh, the it's it's more entrepreneurial here. You can uh, at the time, and I think still is you. You don't have to own a winery to uh, to make your own wine. You know, you can buy grapes and make your wine at, at a custom crush. It's not very common in France. Um, it was just when you when you move to a, a foreign country and you work in the field you you studied in and you work in, it, it makes things a lot easier. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, that was a that was there was, was a bit of a, an adaptation, but it was not so bad. No, it was oh, not so wow. bad. Well, and also like you yeah. work for uh, you're the winemaker to. Fogcrest Vineyards uh, in California. Yes, I am. So how yeah. how did you like get this position at that that vineyard? And more specifically, like what do you bring with your style of winemaking? Sure, sure. Well, <clears throat> to go back uh, to go back in time a little bit. So 2000, 2004, I was at Little Eye, uh, Little Eye working for Ted Lemon. So that really refocused my career on high end. 
handcrafted uh, Chardonnay Pinot Noir from Anderson Valley and uh, Sonoma Coast Chardonnay Valley. Then uh, Sainsbury, nine years, uh, Pinot Noir Chardonnay producer in Carneros. So that was a, a, um, a, a Carneros food base, uh, Napa, Sonoma County, but Carneros. And then uh, something was missing uh, in 2013. I really wanted to, uh, I never really had the opportunity to, um, to work uh, in Russian River Valley and work with some uh, vineyard and fruit from there. Um, that's really something that I uh, that was missing in my experience. And then um, the opportunity came up uh, in November 2013. I met uh, Leona R- Rosaline and uh, Jean Manugian, and they like my wine. I liked you know the interview, and then I started to work for them. Yeah, there. So what uh, they they are we are Falkrest is located in uh, Sebastopol uh, on Occidental Road, um, very close to uh, uh, Highway 116. We're only 30 minutes away from the the ocean. Oh wow! So it's more yeah yeah it's, uh, 30 minutes from Bodega Bay. So pretty close. So it's not super close, but we have definitely a, a maritime uh, ocean insurance. When I came on board the. Well, they were pretty well set up with the winery. I, there was just some tweaks and some uh, refocus, uh, refocusing to be done on the Chardonnay. They were maybe a little, they needed some some refocusing, put, make them a little fresher, less less high, uh, a little bit lower in alcohol. Uh, we, I had a strong, obviously, experience in Pinot Noir, but we, uh, they were, we have about ten acres of vine, of vineyards, so that's not very big, but. We make uh, how many? I always have to count. We have three Chardonnay. Oh wow! We have a rosé, and then we have three uh, three Pinot. When I started, there were only two Pinots, but there was uh, one block specifically that ended up being a standout. So that block, from my suggestion, became a, a wine on its own. So and then we had in another vineyard from Bennett Valley. So there's I guess four Pinot, a rosé, eight or seven wines. Yeah. Um, so the rosé, yeah. So our style is, um, well, we try to, for us, uh, Burgundy is the inspiration. It's the mood board, you know, mood board when people put on a board things they, mm-hmm. they would like to envision things. So for us, that's, that's really what we think of. Also, we, we think Russian River Valley is one of the best, uh, area in, in California and in the United States to grow Pinot Noir. We're not shy about, uh, about this statement, we have the you know we're not the only producer, obviously not. <laughs> so uh, <clears throat> we we're small ten, uh, ten acres, half Pinot, half Chardonnay. Um, we all of our wines, for the exception of the Pinot, and for the the wine geek out there, all of our Chardonnay and Pinot Noir are uh, bottled and filtered. Uh, we do full malolactic fermentation. We really try to stick to the Burgundy model, which is minimum. Uh, Movement of the wine through aging, lots of leaves aging. So the wine spend a lot of time on their leaves, whether it's you know with the ML leaves or the Chardonnay with the ferment, uh, yeah, the fermentation leaves, mm-hmm. and then uh, but bottling, bottling and filtered. With the rosé, uh, that's more uh, that that is bottled in March. So in a month from now, the 2020 will be bottled. Oh, good. Um, but we but we still have the 2019. Um, which you tried. So the rosé is, is a bottle in March, so it's a shorter, um, it's a shorter uh, buffing cycle. Uh, we filter it and we don't do, it doesn't go through a mail uh, because that's, 
it's not worth uh, trying to get the ML character. We want to preserve the acidity, and um, it's a great, great wine. I, uh, um, it still drinks very well. The 19, we still have a little bit available, and um, it's a, it's a, it's a nice wine. Obviously, not because I make it, because I, I think it is. <laughs> no, no, and it is because you make it. Because um, I will say that yeah. the rosé you make is so delicious, and you, I, yeah. I, 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 I love rosé clearly, right? But there was something um, light and airy about your your rosé where I didn't yeah, feel like yeah. um, it was so heavy or like it didn't make me lightheaded. It was like a very soft thing to sip. Um, and, and it yeah. was very enjoyable as I was sipping. Yeah. Well, it's uh, never underestimated rosé. Well, we, we make a small amount of it. It's not, uh, it's not a mass-produced rosé, so we, we really take care of it and nurture it through aging. But um, it's almost going to be a we have bottled the 19 has been bottled almost uh, a year ago from now, but it still tastes pretty good. And uh, to any rosé lover out there, keep your rosé keep keep your rosé in bottle if it's well, you know, not not, not on a kitchen counter. But if you have a fridge, if you have mm-hmm. a salad, wine salad, that's great. If you if you have a fridge, that's that can work too. But it can be tempting to see a bottle of rosé for a year, and you know you may want to open it before, but. Don't be don't be afraid of uh, keeping your rosé in, uh, in bottle for like a year, because they develop really nice uh, age character that don't really uh, that don't make the wine uh, makes the wine still very compelling, seems fascinating, and we have that a little bit in this wine. Uh, um, and it, it, when we make it and when we bottle it in uh, in March, it's very fruity. It's very um, there's a lot of uh, ex- uh, uh, exotic fruit like papaya, passion fruit, mm-hmm. uh, mango. And as uh, yeah, and as the wine age in uh, in the bottle, it has more of a floral character. Redona, hawthorn, plum. It's changing. It's more uh, subdued and more somewhat somewhat more elegant. Um, there's a little bit of dry fruit in the mouth. Um, it goes very well with food. That's also a trademark for us at Songcraft. Uh, a black-owned business, I have to say. I don't know if you knew that, but uh, we uh, we have a. Uh, uh, Jim, who used to be a well, loved food, had a restaurant. So we really, uh, we really try to uh, to make wine that um, goes well with food. That's yeah. very important for us. So, yeah, so I, that's, that's, I'm here that's for the that. idea behind it. <laughs> okay, very good. Yes, very good. I'm here for that. And also, like, I I can say, like, I did have it with my dinner, and you know, uh-huh. it was very like. Um, it it was very delicious, and it it also sort of like yeah. gave my dinner another element of like, oh okay, like it enhanced all yeah. of the food, so it was yeah, really absolutely. tasty. It's, uh, it's a, right now you could do a roasted uh, a, a pork tenderloin, uh, some roasted uh, pork meat in the oven that would go. It's always a, a meat that goes very well with rosé. Um, when uh, you, when we bottle it, so like when for Thanksgiving also, it's it's a it can be paired with a with a turkey. I think any white meat, any pork, uh, chicken, pork, roasted pork, that's a good pairing with with rosé. Our rosé and rosé in general, it it just works very well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like that, yeah. So yeah. I gotta ask this question. You know, being that you are from France yep. and grew up there, grew up drinking wine. What do you think is the difference between sort of like Americans and the wine drinking versus the French and wine drinking? Oh, that's a good question. Um, there's a lot of, uh, in the United States, you see a lot of people, the wine by the glass is a really big deal. It's really, it's, it's uh, you see it everywhere in restaurants. 
Uh, you know, that's something, you know, necessarily, I don't think you have it. You can see carafe, you know, picture carafe of the wine in, in restaurant, but the wine by the glass, mm-hmm. you you know, the it's not something and it's that as established here. Whereas here, you 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 see, you know, the, the wine list of a restaurant. Um, there's a lot of the section. There's always a section wine by the glass, but I feel also like it relates uh, uh, to people's habits when they have uh, friends over or when they have uh, when they have uh, yeah like a snack. Like it's very. Um, I see a lot more a, a bigger trend in the U.S. with people drinking glass, the wine by the glass mm. uh, at home rather than rather than in France. And you know maybe things have changed, but for us, well, in France. My parents would uh, would would have wine always with food. If they have people over for a snack, uh, maybe it's a bottle of champagne. But here, it's it's it's, it's in France. It's never um, uh, a glass of wine with cheese. It's it's it has to be with a dinner or lunch. Whereas here, that's the opposite, and, I, and that's a bit, that's a difference in terms of consumption. And I think that's great. Oh wow! You know, people tend to. Uh, yeah, the U.S. has amazing. I'm going to now talk about cocktail very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. The, the cocktail culture in the U.S. is incredible. It's the, the cocktails that are made are phenomenal. The classic ones, the martini, you know, the, mm-hmm. the, the I don't know, the, the Graham. Manhattan. Old fashioned Manhattan. In France, we have horrible cocktails. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be the first to admit they they come pre-made in bottle. It's not. Oh. So anyway. Yeah, it's not great. Don't don't expect great cocktail at a bar in, in France. Um, but um, that's one 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 comment. But uh, the U.S. as I think, you know, people drink wine in restaurants, but also in a, in a, you know in gatherings. They have a happy hour or they have friends over and they open a bottle of wine. And I don't, you know, it can happen in France, but it's more more with food than than on its own. So I see that's the difference I see here. Oh wow. So how can people follow you or purchase wine from Fallcrest? Sure. So we are, uh, our website is, uh, we're on Instagram, Fallcrest Vineyard, uh, Fog, F-O-G. Well, you you know, Fallcrest Vineyard, it's pretty straightforward. Yeah. <laughs> and then our website, yeah, right. Our website is fogcrestvineyard.com. And you can wine, um, yeah, for You can buy all wines from the website. We ship uh, from the winery, and we still have the nineteen rosé available. So, mm, so you, you guys got to get nice that. Rose. Yes, it's really yes, good, people. Exactly. So you gotta get it. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah, I I really loved it. Um, and it Thank might you. be one of my top ten. I think it might be one of my top ten rosés. Oh wow. <laughs> Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Um, and speaking of my uh, my top tens, let's hire for you. What is your favorite rosé? Uh, I'm gonna have to go to France. Okay, let's travel to France and let's travel to Bondol. And uh, rosé, yeah, uh, Domaine Tempier rosé is uh, quite spectacular. Yes, uh, it is important in the United States. Unfortunately, Lulu Renault recently passed away at the prime age. So she was a hundred years old. Wow! So, so the, the yeah, she passed away recently this year, I believe. But the the the, the you know the the legacy uh, carries on and continues, and uh, that's really a special wine, uh, Domaine Tempier Rosé. It's um, um, yeah, it has it can age a lot. You know, it's really it really can age uh, very well. It's all of these Pinot Noir there's is a uh, it's bond also in the stuff Grenache, Mourvedre. Uh, it's more on the Rhone, Rhone varietal. Uh, 
it's more run varietal based than us, but it's it's really quite quite something and quite spectacular. Ooh, I'm so, so excited. Well, I'm any rosé in my book. <laughs> yeah, very good. There you go, Renee. Yeah, but you were about to say any rosé in your book. <laughs> yeah, I love rosé. I think it's what I want to say. Is, well, first of all, thanks for uh, the opportunity from for me and for us at Talkwest to speak today, but also to talk about rosé because there's been you know when I, well, here's an anecdote for you when I came when I moved to the um, you're going to laugh. You have a great laugh, by the way. When I came to the U.S. in 97, I was like, oh, I want to try a rosé, and I bought a, a white Zinfandel. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm so excited. I've done that and before. I was, and then, of course, yeah. And of course, there was some uh, a lot of residual sugar, and I, you know, I, I made a, uh, I was very surprised. So I think the conception of people, there are a lot of good things that happened in the rosé world in the United States, uh, in the sense that, uh, people don't expect a rosé to be to be sweet. I think it's pretty established now. Mm-hmm. So thanks for putting the spotlight on that and providing education to um, to your listener because uh, you know the, 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 it's twenty five twenty seven years and perhaps more. That's a long time, but things things um, the perception of U.S. consumers have changed. Yeah, and um, and think that for the best, for the better. Yeah, I agree. I agree. That's, and yeah. rosé has received a bad rap. Uh, people just think yep, rosé is yep. sweet, it's sugary, it's like yep. they think it is yep. a white Ziffendale <laughs> or, or something like yeah. that. And there's nothing wrong with Ziffendale. However, rosé is in no, its no, own lane. Yeah. yeah, it's its own lane yeah. and it's yeah. delicious. And there's so many types of rosé. Yeah. So there, if yeah. you don't like it, it's just one you haven't met yet that you like. That's it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Try try the one you'll uh, find, the one you'll uh you'll like because you'll find it. Yes, that is very true. Yeah. Well, Jerome, this yeah, has been so good. much fun and we got to have you back yes, on sometime soon. So we will be sure, in touch. Sure, I'd love to, anytime. Yes. All right, very good. Well, Thanks cheers. Thanks, Cheers. Bye. Wow. Thanks, Jerome. We really, really love this interview. We love all Chris Wines and like, Again, we just cannot wait uh, to get some more plane tickets so we can come out there to the vineyard and see your winemaking process in person. We just can't wait. So, again, we want to thank both of our guests, Orion, Jerome. We want to thank bartender Ben, Magdalene, and even our security Zeus people here at Fairhill Studios. And also, keep listening to us, friends. We appreciate all the support. Without you guys, we would not have anyone to talk to about our favorite things and learning about more things, right? So we appreciate all of you as our listeners. And don't forget to go to our website. We have merchandise for you to purchase. You can get some swag, some T-shirts, tote bags, pillows, whatever you wish to show your love for Rosé. So check it out today at therosehourpodcast.com. And don't forget to like, follow, subscribe to all of our streaming networks, platforms, and also our social media. We are the Rose Hour Podcast on all platforms. So you can't miss us. And if you see the Rose Hour and it don't say podcast, that means that's a copy and you should let us know because there's some popping up. <laughs> and we need to know because, you know, we want to make sure the content is great and it's consistent and fun. And you know what? That just means that we get to do more episodes. So yay us! Well, thanks again, friends, for listening and tune in to next week's because you never know who's going to be on the podcast talking about Rosé. Yay! Continue sipping on, friends. <laughs> <laughs>